0: you would just jump to your feet right now here in the room and at every watch party and give Jesus ten seconds of praise for what he's doing ten seconds of ten come on we can do better than that for the king to his kingdom there is no end every soul saved. come on Jesus Come on now look around at all these crazy people that you're here with and go take a seat (laughs) how amazing is it to be together you know what you gotta celebrate when you run rush shot all over the devil's face You got to celebrate when he gave his best shot. Drugs, alcohol, suicide, depression, anxiety, fear, apprehension, worry, loneliness. Come on, multi-generational curses of witchcraft, new age practice, psychic medium, lies from the enemy, low self-esteem, condemnation, and then all that. And Jesus said, are you done yet, devil? Because I got one move I'm about to make that's going to knock you out. Come on, isn't it amazing? We gotta celebrate. Those baptisms were our way of saying, devil, everything you threw at my life was not enough to take me out because the cross, the cross. Oh, y'all aren't gonna clap for me today. I can tell. I can tell. <laughs> I've got a word for you. And really, it's a mandate from God to break an orphan spirit off of you before you come into 2022. And many of you are probably like, what is an orphan spirit? Well, we'll find out. If you were here for part one, how many of you just got so much out of that? Can you just wave at me if that helped you? Awesome. Last week was crazy. And um, I want to give you this, basically the seven ways that you know an orphan spirit is an operation in your life. I'm going to give that to you. So stay on. Don't click off of this video. I believe in divine appointments. If you're watching this right now, God wants you to get free too. And so for everybody here in the room as well, we're going to take notes and jump in. But I got some crazy news. Can I just give you a little update before we jump into the scriptures? Under Pastor Daniel and Pastor Exica's leadership, they are multiplying their team for interpretation. And I'm looking at my notes this morning, tripping out, because here's what I have. I have English. I did that. Thank you. (laughs) Barely, barely, but I did it. Then I'm looking, for the very first time this week, we just debuted my sermon notes in Italian. Come on. Thank you so much for coming forward. Then, wait a second, this, French, I'm looking at French, seriously, I'm looking at my notes in French. You're what the French call, les compétents. That was a Home Alone reference, and I don't even know if I did it right, but... I say that to our daughters when I tell them to clean up and they don't clean up. I'm like, you're what the French call les des So we have, Fr- we have French. I'm looking next, Spanish, which, which is, we had it, but we're gonna, go, we're gonna go on that journey. And then last but not least, I'm looking at my notes entirely, including scriptures in Dutch. So that that is, so now here, some of you are like, well, I don't know why he would waste his sermon time to tell me that. Yeah, but those doors were locked to me and I was given keys to speak to Dutch people that I uh, (laughs) oh you think see first you look stupid for like God give me keys and then when all your friends and family watch him release it you look like a genius faith will always make you look like a fool before it happens come on now and then, and then I couldn't reach Italian people, even though we have many Italians that are watching now in Italy, which is crazy, including Sicily, praise God for you guys. And then Dutch, and man, we're just, oh, praise God, unlocking doors. And then last service, and you know, listen, people say stuff, you know, they always say, oh, Pastor Mike, I'll sow a million dollar seed. Okay, do it, do it. But last service, somebody said that they wanted to start translating in German starting next week. So I'll update you and see if they were faithful to that word. You know how this is, is when you're saved, but you don't trust people? Love you, brother. <laughs> Am I the only one still working on those wounds from the past? That's great. Let's do it. Yeah, come on now. <laughs> Anyways, I love you guys. Last little update. And, and, and again, I, we, I'm on a timer, so don't freak out um, I, you know, you always sow in the area you want to grow. I feel like the Lord told me that he was going to open up television, which we really don't have a church that, that is your typical television church, but I just knew there were opportunities there. And so I sowed in that area, you know, personally, and it was so crazy because a guy reached out to me and said, Hey, today. Okay. Praise God. (laughs) Not today, Satan. Uh, So this guy reached out to me and he said, hey, uh, I actually have a show in Finland, Channel 7, that actually goes to four different countries and I'd love to have you on as a guest and your setup that you stream from is a high enough quality for, for it to work remotely. So he simulcasted this session that we did together, and it was so crazy because we started talking about deliverance, and so many people around the world started burping, belching, yawning, and vomiting at the same time, that, and the chat was blown up, that the guy was freaking out, he's like, we've never had this, any guest we've ever had on this show, so they edited everything down to a, like a 22 minute television spot and tomorrow it's going to air and I just say that because like the Lord is really doing something incredible in this hour and, and so Heather, help me out again, so the countries, so tomorrow, I'm going to post the link on all of our socials so you guys can check out this program, there is just such a special grace on it, and so it's Estonia, Est- so Estonia, Pakistan, which is amazing, um, Finland, and Sweden, it, it, that's amazing. So this television program's gonna, so tomorrow, wouldn't it be great, once that link goes live, that all of our V1 Church fam just totally spams it. And just jams up the lines and represents. So I'm, I'm excited about that. I, I'm honestly excited and a little scared for the devil. Um, if it's anything like what happened when we were taping it. Um, I think that's it. So can we jump into the word together today? Okay, so let's start in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 32 and 33. First uh, Samuel and we're gonna go Old Testament for a bit. First Samuel chapter 17, verse 32 and 33. What I'm gonna to do today, sometimes the easiest way to tell you what something is is to tell you what it's not. And you've all heard speakers around the world talk about how bank tellers handle so much real money that that becomes the training for the one or two fake bills that try to slip through. Sometimes it's hard to tell people what real love is in a world like this but it's really easy for all of us to tell you what love's not. So I wanna help define for you the orphan spirit, but at the same time, I want you to understand what is sonship and what is being a daughter. And I wanna take you through these seven different aspects and I want you to stay all the way through this and just stay engaged because the Lord's got a word for you. But I think one of the Bible stories that makes this so clear As I look through all 66 canonized books of the Bible, is the story of Saul interacting with David. Now, David didn't have power, privilege, prestige, influence, money, wealth. He didn't have any of those things. But I'll tell you, he had the most important thing he had a direct and personal and intimate relationship with God the Father. So all the time he spent in hiddenness, obscurity, on the backside of the hill, nobody knowing his name. He was, listen, he was not bored because between killing any and all threats to his father's sheep, he was interacting with his heavenly father and he was all right. One of the biggest indicators that people can't handle being alone One of the biggest indicators that they can't handle obscurity or a season where they're not getting claps, cheers, applause, influence, and all those other things is that they're not spending their hidden season with God. (laughs) Because when you totally learn how to spend a hidden season with God, you will actually rue the day he calls you out of that season. Because, see, David was so enraptured with intimacy and love for the Father. He was writing the Psalms. Come on, he was ministering to God. God was ministering to him so much so that he gained a reputation in heaven for having a heart after God. Now, that has nothing to do with being a carpenter, truck driver, nurse, stay-at-home mom, teacher, lawyer, if you have a relationship and a heart after God, it doesn't matter what your earthly assignment is because you've got a heaven heaven intimacy that will help you endure any earthly assignment. And if you when I'm around people who are trying to do everything they can to escape an earthly assignment, it's because they're missing the heavenly intimacy. There's something about David that connected him to God. He was not orphaned. Okay, can we go deeper? So David hears Goliath taunting the armies of Israel. And day and night, it became this, you know, this, like, all day and night, it'd be this tormenting, you know, who are you guys, this, this voice. So David says, listen, I'm secure, not in my own ability, but in God's. And he goes to the king and submits to his leadership and says this. David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Now, Watch. Any one of us, if we would have heard that somebody's showing up to do your dirty work, you would have said, hey, even if you don't survive this, go for it. I mean, all the military generals with all the weaponry and training and experience were shaken in their boots. So surely if a poor shepherd boy wants to go try, let him try. Maybe he'll put a chink in his armor so the next guy can show up. Am I right? But see, this is number one. The orphan spirit operates out of insecurity and jealousy. The spirit of sonship functions out of love and acceptance. So what you see is the response from Saul is simply a response of insecurity and jealousy. Let me look at his response in verse 33 with you. Saul replied, you are not able to go out against the Philistine and fight him. You're only a young man, and he has been a warrior from his youth. Wait a second. So nobody in Israel will do this job to kill this giant, but David shows up to do it, and he says, well, who are you to do it? You're young. Let me, can I just tell you a wisdom key? What if I told you the people who limited you most in life treat themselves that way and limit themselves and went out of the abundance, the heart, the mouth speaks. So an orphaned heart will always put limits on you and everyone you're talking to. What if if I told you that Saul's limitation on David in this moment saying, oh, you're too young, this and this. See, the same heart that will give an excuse to David will produce an excuse for themselves. What if I told you that you were raised in homes when you told them the vision that God had given you for your life that could never appreciate it because the same limits they placed on you are the ones they placed on them? Some of you have been harboring unforgiveness that your parents never pushed you to do more, that your parents didn't believe in the things you wanted to do, even if it wasn't successful. But how could you ask them to treat you differently than they treat themselves? This is the orphan spirit. Can I go a little bit deeper? Number two, the orphan spirit is jealous of the success of others. But the mature son or daughter is committed to the success of others. So here's the thing. It is going to be very difficult for you to actually be successful until you become committed to the success of other people. But that's a hard thing. That's a hard thing. Let me, let me just show you this. Because in 1 Samuel chapter 18, verse 7 through 9, now David has killed the giant. He slayed the problem that all these military geniuses couldn't slay. And then all of a sudden, instead of getting a pat on the back, he got a knife in the back. How many of you got a knife instead of a pat? Am I the only one? How many of you doing a good job at your job is a bad thing because of the jealousy that'll come back on you? How many of you feel pressured to mediocrity because your success would actually expose their mediocrity? Come on now, I'm speaking because most of the places that we call a job is actually an orphanage ran by orphans. Most of the churches that we grew up in were not churches, they were orphanages led by an orphan. Most of the time, a, a, a psychomaniac, like just completely self consumed, narcissistic orphan. Is that too raw? Most of the places that we call colleges and universities are orphanages ran by orphans. And they're all trying to prove, well, I'm more valuable than you because you listen to these scholars, but I listen to those scholars as if those scholars give you an identity. Oh, oh, you, I, you see it everywhere. Once you see the orphan spirit, you cannot unsee it. Because you're saying, well, are you studying out of genuine curiosity and love for that subject or for the identity that that degree gives you? That's why so many of you went to college and didn't know what to do, because you didn't know who you were. This is the orphan spirit. Well, maybe if I join the, the worship team and I sing good enough, and maybe, see how I'm saying? Are we, are we living life from a position of identity or for a position of identity? Don't you see how the Lord has to break this off of you to be able to give you what he wants to give you? Because in the world, you get something, you mismanage it, it dwindles, diminishes, and then you lose it. But in the kingdom, you are given something, it's a gift, and then you steward it, and it multiplies. There's two completely different kingdoms. We get paid on Friday, we're hood rich for 24 hours, we're like, let's go! TJ Maxx, Marshalls, Starbucks. I'm buying them all on sale so it doesn't matter. I feel crazy! <laughs> Come on, I just called out somebody's whole lineup. You're like, really? Is he going to mention home goods next? I just did. <laughs> Preaching to my wife. I'm just, just, hey, listen, listen, I got my own stuff. I got my own stuff. But I say that because Saturday rolls around and you're like, I can't wait for Sunday because I've sinned. (laughs) Lord, please, Lord, I'll tithe now now that I got 2% left. And so what happens when you're orphaned is you live in like an orphan. You don't have legacy. You don't steward anything. Nothing multiplies under you. It just goes away. Because, it, because this thing is deep. And so the woman, they sang and they played. And they said, Saul has killed his thousands and David is ten thousands. Then Saul became very angry. And he said, well, how could they be talking about him like this? They're honoring David more than they honored me. But I want to show you something about this. When David came back victoriously after slaying Goliath and they sang that song, it was a test for both Saul and David. Because see, David could have heard that and thought more of himself than he ought to and failed the orphan test. See, his son eventually, if you know anything about the biblical narrative, David had a son that thought he was more than he was and tried to take the kingdom from David, his own dad, which was an orphan spirit. Matter of fact, to this day, when you go to Israel and you see Absalom's tomb, and I've been to Absalom's tomb, who is the son of David, the Jews literally throw rocks at the base of the tomb, and they have for thousands of years and have completely eroded the base of Absalom's tomb because whenever you dishonor who God put in authority, you will always boomerang dishonor to you. And I say that because it's funny how David, he passed an honor test in this Seen because when he heard them singing his praises, I know that he was immune to both praise and criticism because you see he didn't respond the wrong way and say, now I'm going to take Saul's kingdom because I'm better than him. And some of you guys, you don't pass your orphan test. When someone gives you a compliment, all it does is fuel your desire to overthrow someone else in position. I, that's not in my notes, but the Lord told me to tell you that. And see, he passed the test because he stayed submitted to Saul, even though the people were saying he was better than Saul. Oh, y'all don't want that teaching. That's for later in next year when you're ready. But right now, God's trying to deal with something in your heart because it says, honor your mother and father that you may have a long life. There's no little asterisks that say if they were a good parent. None. None. It says God put them in authority. Even evil rulers are allowed by God to be in authority. Who are you to be a rebel? And, and, and so what God's doing in this is trying to show you that the orphan spirit's jealous of the success of others, but the mature son or daughter is committed to it. You're the reason why it happened. You're part of the documentary where they have to interview you because you wrote the check, because you sent the encouraging text that stopped them from killing themselves. But jealousy and envy will never let you be that person. Matter of fact, jealousy and envy will have you talking bad about them behind their back. They find out about it and then they surely kill themselves. But if you break that orphan spirit, you'll be the one saying, I'm prophesying over you, even when you yourself are in your deepest need. What, do you think that you're going to start giving to other people prophetic words and ministry once your life gets right? You're going to actually pour from an empty cup and watch the Lord fill it every time. That's how it works. But an orphan spirit won't let you do that because orphan spirits love pity parties. Orphan spirits love pity parties. They decorate way over the top for pity parties. They decorate with nice watches. They decorate with new cars. They decorate, pity parties for orphans are decorated with all the stuff you can get to stimulate your flesh to stop that, annihil- that, that, that spirit inside of you that just feels like alienated and lost. There's something about it I wanna show you. Number three, the orphan spirit serves God to earn the father's love. The mature son serves God out of a sense of divine acceptance and favor. So here's the thing about God. God is not like anyone you've ever met. And I hate this phrase in Christianity that says, God, use me. No, 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 he doesn't wanna use you, he wants to serve you. Some of you don't even know how to be served if you're anything like me. I was the hardest person in this room to hand a glass of water to because the orphan spirit says, no, no, as long as I'm the one serving, I have value. Why would my king serve me? And I hate this idea, God, use me, use me, use me. And he's like, no, I'm not anything like any of your ex-boyfriends. I'm not anything like any one of the people you've encountered. I'm not like your boss. You are not a pawn to accomplish my goal. You are a son or a daughter to experience my love. Do you feel that settling into the room? The orphan spirit serves even God to earn the the father's love. The mature son serves God out of a sense of divine acceptance and favor. See, I didn't understand this until I had kids of my own. And I don't love my kids because they do the dishes. I don't love my kids because they write me and crayon a birthday card. I, I love my kids because they're mine. And there's such a freedom that's produced, produced from that moment. Many of you guys have never felt that because we are raised in step homes by step parents and there's nothing wrong with that. But the biggest blessing of my life has been Dean Anderson being my stepfather who is more real than any real father I ever had. But sometimes when you have a stepfather relationship and I've been through that, you think, well, you didn't choose to have me and so I can fall out of favor with you. You can think to yourself, well, when you look at me, you don't see you genetically. So maybe I'm not loved as much. Or maybe you could say, well, you chose my mom. You didn't choose me. You chose my dad. You didn't choose me. And some of you come into church environments and you treat God like a stepdad. That's why the Bible says before the foundations of the world, he chose you. It it just, it makes it abundantly clear that you are always part of his plan. You were loved before you did anything worthy of love because he made you. And so what happens, and this is number four, is the orphan spirit tries to medicate this deep internal alienation through physical stimulation. The mature son or daughter walks in the joy and the presence of the Lord for comfort. Where do you find your comfort? That will tell you if you're orphaned or not. Where do you find your comfort? I will tell you this, every single time one of my kids are sick, they go to dad dad I don't feel good dad I have a headache dad I have a temperature dad this why because they're not orphaned and so what happens is their sickness reveals the status of their orphaned spirit so they know I gotta come to my dad I don't know what he's gonna do but he's gonna work it out so where do you find your comfort that reveals whether or not you're in the family of God and I wanna just make something clear right now don't be impressed with guys with big muscles and the perfect eating plan They might be doing that from a place of sonship, or they might be overstimulating their body as much as they can to, to hopefully do away with this alienation, isolation, and orphan. Don't don't be impressed when people have the, the things that you think you want because they could be using that to stimulate alienation, to stimulate themselves to the point where they can't feel it anymore. I can't tell you how many heights and depths people have gone to to try to replace. God and see what I love about the story of David in this text that we're really examining together today is that before David received any of that stuff here he had everything he would always ever need here that's what God's trying to do now if you can't have peace now you'll never have peace here if you can't have joy and, and do a Holy Ghost dance party to him here, when, when, when you need another check to get the bills paid, when, when your husband is still acting all crazy, even though you prayed in the prayer closet and fasted and declared. If you can't learn how to worship and celebrate here, what do you think's gonna happen here? See, God's trying to do something in you here. He's trying to see the, oh, I want you to get this word so deeply because he's breaking this orphan spirit off of you. Meekness is not weakness. The meek will inherit the earth. You want me to tell you how? Because when you, in old school military scenarios, when a general would mount a war horse, one of the characteristics of that horse was that it was meek. And meekness is not weakness meekness says I am not in control the general is in control and if he rides me right into the flames I will not flinch and so a horse that could be bridled and ridden through any type of adversity any that was called a meek horse and so what God is saying is saddle me up let me take over let me step in and I'm gonna ride you into some situations that are uncomfortable I'm gonna take you through the storm But I am always victorious. Come on. But when you have an orphan spirit, you're a wild horse. And wild horses can't be bridled. Wild horses, you can't put a bit in their mouth because they already always got something to post about on social media. And some of you have posted yourself to lower levels of influence. Some of you have, he says, I'll abide he says my spirit will abide in the praises of my people not the complaints of my people not the murmuring of my people and if you're orphan you just get used to complaining murmuring but if you're a son and daughter you start declaring because you have keys of the kingdom to declare I'll speak a thing come on this is the book of Job y'all The book of Job says, I will decree a thing and it will be established unto me. I have dominion. I speak it and then God aligns with it and it happens. But can I teach you another secret? We often hear this scripture misquoted. He'll give you the desires of your heart. No, he won't. Can I help you understand that scripture? He will not give you the desires of your orphaned heart. Because your orphan heart will never be satisfied with one wife, you'll want everybody else's too. Your orphan heart will never be satisfied with one mansion, you'll want everybody else's too. Your orphan heart is insatiable, so he does not give you the desire of your orphan heart. But when he takes that heart of stone, and he begins to massage it back to life and you are adopted as a son or daughter, you have the heart of your father beating in your chest and he says, now I'll give you the desires of that heart. <sighs> because you want what I want because you're grafted into the family. And so if, are, if are you trying to medicate with deep internal alienation through physical stimulation or are you just finding joy in all things? Paul was an orphan so when him and Silas were in the jail cell two sons they said hey there's only two outcomes one is we get broken out of jail and we wreak more havoc on the devil and we save more souls and we establish more churches. Or the other one is we die and the worship service continues. So who would like to worship with the sons in this jail right now? Every season, every circumstance is joy, joy, joy. I'm not waiting to get there because I have joy here because joy is not a circumstance. Joy is not a situation. It's the body of believers coming together in the presence of Christ celebrating come on how many of you orphans have destination disease orphans have destination disease when I get there the Lord says you keep wanting a plan but I gave you a person see when you have a plan you trust in the plan then your plan becomes an idol but if the person is Jesus Christ and you trust in Jesus you have a father Do you hear me? Because in culture, we say swipe up to get a plan. But here in the body of Christ, we say kneel down to get a person named Jesus. (laughs) And, And you're so obsessed with a plan, a plan, a plan, a plan, a plan, a plan. He says, I did better than a plan I gave you, a person. Me. Okay, watch, I'm not done. Number five. The orphan spirit is driven by the need for success, but the spirit leads the mature son or daughter into their calling. So watch. When you're driven by the American dream, it's behind you, pushing you faster. When you're driven by entrepreneurship, the the markets, when you're driven by keeping up with the Joneses, you know, the people next door that seem like they have it all together, that success is behind you. And it's this cruel taskmaster yelling at you, you're too fat, you're too skinny, you're too short, you're too tall. It's just a cruel taskmaster of success. And it's whipping you ruthlessly, driving the orphan sleigh all the way through the town. And it's just ruthlessly telling you, you're too poor. It'll often say, you're too old, you missed your moment. And that success is trying to drive you. But there's another thing. It's being led by the Spirit. You know, my kids are getting older now and they're able to have full-blown like miniature adult conversations with me. And that's weird, you know what I mean? When you're like, wow, you have a mind of your own now. This is scary. My teenager the other day, we were walking through the streets of Queens where we live. And I don't know if you know this, but it's not safe to walk through those streets, but not, not because of gang members, because of people that don't stop at stop signs or stoplights, and I hope you're watching live right now. And the Lord rebuke you, and I'm gonna physically fight you if I see you. Not not spiritually, physically. <laughs> and so as I walk through the streets the other day, Bella said, "Dad, you do this funny thing." She's like, "You've done it my whole life," and she's like, "I don't do you. Do you know what you're doing?" I'm like, "What?" She's like, "You always walk out of the street first, and then you do this with your hand." Is this like a universal dad thing? (laughs) And this means grab my hand, let me lead you across the street. And I started getting emotional thinking about that Because really what's happening in my head is I'm saying, whatever dangers lie ahead, whatever cars are going to come by, whatever that is, I'll take it. If anybody's getting hit by a car, it's me. It's a sacrificial gesture. And then this hand waving is saying, it's safe. Grab my hand and let me take you to the other side. And I don't know how many of you who are orphaned need to hear this, but your dad, Jesus, is literally waving his hand like this saying, sickness, disease, pain, death, I've witnessed out ahead of you. I've seen that it's safe, and if you would just take my hand, I will cross you over safely to the other side, which is why the Bible says, I will look unto the hills for whence my help comes, somebody. And some of you, when you're a kid, you see my daughters, they could see my hand. They had to look up to see my hand. What if I told you you're looking out at other orphans, but if you look up, you'll see the hand of your master who wants to take you to the other side he wants to take you to levels you can't go he wants to take you to places you can't go in your marriage in your business and he will lead you it's exhausting being driven by success it's exhilarating being led by your dad it's painful being driven by success but it's an adventure being led by your heavenly father Where are we gonna go now, Papa? Where are we going today, Dad? What are we gonna do today, Jesus? Jesus, what's next? It doesn't matter what's next because I have you here, but I'm excited. What do you want me to do today? Who do you want me to talk to? What do you want me to say? I'm joyously expectant because as long as I have you, Jesus, and you're my Father, I don't need to know what's next because I know you're ahead. I don't need to know what's next because I know you're ahead. I'm grabbing your hand. Some of you, do you see him in the spirit realm? Come on, come on, come on, come on. I know you don't know how to be a good husband, but I actually created marriage, I'll teach you. Come on, let's cross this road that your dad couldn't cross because he never broke that curse of divorce. Oh, I wish you could hear the way the Lord's speaking you. Oh, come on, I know you're bad with finances, but I'm not bad with finances. I own it all. Come on, I'll give you wisdom. Oh, you never did good in math in school? That's okay, I made your mind. Let me create a new mind in you. Woo! I, come on, this is how I hear the Father. Come on, take my hand. Let's cross this road of finances. I didn't destine you for lack and poverty and I, oh, I, does somebody hear what I'm saying? Take the hand of your Father. You don't need a plan, you need a hand. You don't need a plan, you need a hand, an outstretched hand. You don't need the plan, you need a hand. What if I told you you'll get further by trusting than you will with planning? Y'all. Number six, would you just stand to your feet? If you're here, or if you're at a watch party. The orphan spirit uses people as objects to fulfill their goals mature sons and daughters serve people to bless the kingdom orphan people use people as goals or objects to meet a goal and so they don't care about you they don't love you you know can I how real can I be as we're coming to a close I feel like I need to tell you this want you to think about that person that you've idolized you put on a pedestal if I could just have one conversation with them my whole life would change can I tell you the truth they have pains and struggles just like you they they have things that they're currently worried about just like you and I think a lot of times we build up a fantasy if you're an orphan you either have two fantasies one is the fantasy, I'll never get out of the orphanage. My life's never gonna change. That's a fantasy, because that's not the truth. It's possible, but you just believe my, and you talk to people where you can tell that their hope has been deferred for so many seasons that they just believe the lie. It's never gonna get better. I'll just die in this orphanage, and I'll just get real good at orphanage life, but then there's other people that they have, the, on the other extreme, they have a fantasy of this person that's gonna show up and fix everything, a superman. And it's not Jesus, it's a human. It's a husband. It's, it's a spiritual father. It's, and we have this fantasy. Well, they're gonna show up, they're gonna give me unlimited money, they're gonna open up doors of opportunity. Gonna do, and you know how I know this? Because that what I'm telling you is a 10 year lesson I had to learn from 20 years old to 30 because I kept waiting to get rescued by somebody who was gonna see me for who I was, who was gonna minister to me, who was gonna open up the doors. And the funniest thing in in the world is, just in the last couple of years, I've been able to meet all of the men that I elevated as Superman. And when my time came, it was actually me prophesying over them. It was actually me ministering a word to them, watching them shaking and crying and thanking me. Saying, I I can't believe you knew. And I said, because I've been on a long journey before I got to you. And I know it when I see it. And so the very people I thought were gonna save me needed some saving too. So for some of you, stop waiting for the fantasy. Stop telling yourself it's never gonna change, but also stop saying that somebody, just this one special person who's flawless in every way is gonna come and save you because when you see their flaws that'll be the worst day of your life because your fantasy will come to an end and then you'll have nothing. So what we do is we take our crowns, we lay them down at the feet of Jesus And we say, this crown represents my accomplishments, my striving. This crown represents my gift to preach and to sing. This crown represents my business. This crown, and you take those crowns. That's what made the wise men wise, is that they were willing to take their crowns and and give them to Jesus and say, this is true wisdom. He's the king of all kings. Come on, there's layers of crowns. There's a crown above all crowns. And it's the ones who will lay that crown down. And see, this is the thing about orphans. You lay the crown down and say, God, this is everything I ever hope or desire to do and to be in my life. I give it to you. And then when you lay the crown down, he exchanges it and upgrades it and says, okay, now come up off your feet and give me a hug like a son or a daughter because I'm gonna give you dominion now. This last one. The orphan The orphan spirit, it actually repels children, but the spirit of sonship attracts their children. People ask me all the time, Pastor, how are you guys standing room only with folding chairs in the back? Pastor, how are you three services on Long Island, the graveyard of churches where nobody goes to church, they go to brunch? Pastor, how are you doing these things? And I tell them, the fact that you had to ask me reveals you're an orphan too, because I'm not building a church, I'm expanding God's family. There's no marketing that will bring orphans home. There's no billboard that'll bring orphans home. There's no internet strategy that will bring orphans home. But when you know your father is waiting with a robe and a ring, when you know your father's got a party prepared for you, it don't matter how much heroin, how much weed you smoke, how much drugs you've done, it doesn't matter how many people you slept with, it doesn't matter how far you've fallen, you will come back to the father's house because you're a part of a family. And this isn't a church. This is the family of God. Sons and daughters having dominion in the earth, stepping into what God has for them. And that's what we're doing. And the Father's heart will draw, will bring them, will bring them. How many of you feel freedom? How many of you feel freedom right now? Do you feel it? I hate the fact that some pastors used you as pawns to fulfill them of carnal vision. See, God empowers sons and daughters to fulfill spiritual vision. But too many leaders have abused by using people. Even in business, they do it all the time. They use them like pawns to fulfill goals. And see, the, the problem is you can be temporarily successful. And that's the thing, You could, you, it works. Using people to accomplish goals, it works. It just doesn't last. See, that's why it says what you're receiving is not a business strategy. It's the seed of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. It doesn't just last for a few years and fizzle out. It's eternal. Come on, it is forever. And see what God is trying to do, I just feel this in my spirit. Some of you have had momentary uh, success. You've had momentary. it's like, but Pastor Mike, I always go back down. That's the orphan spirit, because you know you're not orphaned when the success remains. You know that you stepped into it when your wife who used to hate you says, our marriage gets better every year. You're like, I don't know how, but I'm being led. have a plan I have the person of Jesus Christ you you know that the orphan spirits broken when you come into a region and defy all the odds and no venues ever big enough because you're like I never had a plan when I came to New York I had a person named Jesus Christ and I was gonna lift him up to anybody who would listen you know that that orphan spirit is broken when you see fruit that remains let me pray for you we're gonna open up these altars but I want to pray over every single one of you because I'm dealing with some deep things inside of you. It's time for you to go further than your mother. <laughs> it's, t- <laughs> it's time for you to go further than your father. See, Satan is slick because he'll, leave, he'll get you to the same destination with a different road. And you'll be like, I'm nothing like my dad. Give five more years to the devil and this plan working out in your life and you'll be your dad through a different route. I'm telling you, I'm spitting facts to somebody right now. Oh, I'd never be like my mother. Five more years, you will. And he will the devil will take you on a different path to get you to the same destination. You know what your family never tried? Total surrender to God. I know that. Who wants to go with me? I'm going to go first. Just by a show of hands, who wants to go with me? I'll go first. Come on, I'll die first. Die to myself. Die to my ways. Come on, I feel fire in my hand right now. I know we've got so many people, I can't even pray for all of them individually, but I feel fire in my hand when every single person who raised a hand, if you're watching live, raise up your hand right now. Father, I release the anointing of adoption for sons and daughters to begin to step into the family right now. Of adoption. Some of you are beginning to cry right now because this is the most love you've ever felt. He's enrapturing you with His love. He's overwhelming you with His love right now, and you'll be the first. You're the Moses in your family breaking that curse, stepping in. Legacy. I release legacy over every single person under the sound of my voice, from the top of your head to the soles of your feet now now in jesus name come on tim let's just sing this one more time church let's declare this around the world